Hey guys, on this week's episode of Untucked, our Coach's Corner discussion is going to talk about uh, 401ks, their current structure, and whether or not we think they should be modified. We're going to discuss some pretty crazy facial recognition software that is now being used by a lot of um, law enforcement agencies. Um, We're going to talk about political polarization and confirmation bias. And finally, a subscription offering from Mercedes-Benz that allows you to change your car uh, as often as you want. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to Untalked. This is Megan. Hey, Mike here. Yeah, this is Jeff. Um, did you guys know it is a scientific fact? It's scientifically proven that the less you know, the more you think you know. Hmm. It's called oh. a, it's called a Dunning Kruger effect. Like a person who thinks they know stuff doesn't realize their own lack of knowledge or intelligence. So, like, the saying, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely true. It's a scientific fact, the Dunning-Kruger effect. But aren't there people out there that are like, you know, and I'm really dumb, and I acknowledge that I'm just dumb. There's got to be. They're, right? actually, they're actually smart people. They're actually the yeah, smart they actually, ones. Like, here, I'll give you a little bit more. The more you know, the more you're aware of all things you don't know. So you know that you don't really know a lot in comparison to all the knowledge that's out there. But someone who knows little doesn't have the capacity to understand that there's so much they don't know. Okay. A hundred percent agree. I, Pretty I, cool, that's, huh? that's definitely true. Like knowing what you don't know is a sign of intelligence. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That might be your best fun fact. <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. <laughs> I was pretty excited about it. I thought it was a good one. Um, all right. So not a ton going on in Philly sports. Um, anything with the Fly Guys? Uh, they're on All-Star break. It's like okay. a nine-day hiatus, which is kind of weird, but I think the players love it. Um, Anyone playing in the All-Star game? Just Travis Konechny. Um And the All-Star game sucks. It's a joke. It's, it's a total – I wish they would just cancel it. But, you know, the league has – I can see why they have it. Um, can but I tell you how much Flyers, I hate that? The Flyers went into the break. They're, they're you know, they not they beat four, like, really good teams or something. So so they're they're playing pretty well. Um, the break can really, like, screw you up, though. Like, they can come back and all of a sudden be out of sorts. I, I don't know. It's But every team's in the same boat. They're, they're in – they're in, uh, you know – on the bubble for playoffs right now so it's going to be a tough but that it's going to be a tough road to to make it but they have a relatively good schedule from here on out like they're not traveling much so what's your what's your take on this because it's the only sport where they take like 10 days off yeah and it never it's it's gotten more it's it's become more of a break it never used to be that that long 
Um, like football doesn't have a break. Basketball has an all-star weekend. That's it. It's the it's like a players' association negotiation. Right? Like they they kind of put it into the deal. They love it's such a grind of a season. Yeah, I'm all for they it. Play a ton of games. They probably play too many games, and the players love it. The guys who are not in the game, it's awesome because they, they go, go away. they go to like they an island. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, and a lot of the players that are in it, especially the veterans, don't want to be in it. Yeah, because it's like a it's like a job to have to go there and like, eh. um, yeah. The younger guys, it's cool. It's their first. It's a, it's an honor. But I think it's the league is trying to balance that whole thing. Like they want like Alice Ovechkin is like, I'm not playing. Yeah, and they suspend him for a game for that. Oh, really? Yeah, and and you can see why he's you know he needs the rest. Um, Do you think want... that? Sorry. Go ahead. Do you think the NFL's way of doing it after the season? With the Pro Bowl, I think it's worse because yeah, nobody, nobody watches cares. it or cares right. or whatever. Right. I mean, it's. I, I just think all of those should maybe stop. Like, there's no need to have any All Star games. Yeah, I think they should stop. I think the mid season break, I'm for. Yeah, like I don't know that you need to have. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you need to have the whole um, show of it. But the awesome. games used to be. I mean, it's funny because the games used to be like way different. Like the players would try. There was yeah, like some hitting even, and it was like. It, it meant something. It's those, those days are long gone. It's a, it's just like a figure skating fest out there and skills <laughs> competition and everyone's just kind of like, and it's it's uninteresting to watch. Really. It's uninteresting for us. Our yeah. kid, my kids love, love it. it. It's for the kids. They love yeah. the three point contest. Yeah. They love the slam dunk. I loved the slam dunk contest growing up, and then even the hockey. The skills competition in hockey, it's, I mean, the, my kids love it. I used to watch the games. Like, I, even if I wasn't home, I would record it and watch it. I, I, I will not watch any of the actual game. What's gotten funny for me is, like, the statistic when somebody's talking about, like, and I'll speak about the NBA specifically, like, a player's accolades. It's, like, however many times all NBA, and then the next line is, like, how many all-star games they've been in. And they let fans vote on all-star participants yeah. like it shouldn't count for anything and now i think yeah. it, i think even in, in hockey they've got to have one representative from every team and, oh, and it no. just makes it sort of stupid yeah you know? well speaking of all-stars joel Embiid is an all-star starter i thought he was like third string right nope starter okay that's about the only um positive <laughs> so i i haven't really looked but are they are they like in are they currently on track to like maybe barely get into the playoffs if they continue the, on this track? They're twenty nine and seventeen. Okay, that's not. They're sixth in the East, but they're one game out of fifth, two games out of fourth. The East is just for the first time in a while actually pretty stacked. Joel's hasn't played in probably like two weeks now, yeah. and his return is unknown. Ben has – they were on a four-game winning streak until two nights ago they lost to Toronto. Um, Ben's been playing awesome. It's debatable. <laughs> By he's my – he's, he's been playing good. Except um, the Toronto game, he had two points in the fourth quarter. Two points. Uh, Jason – Josh – I keep calling him Jason Richardson. Josh Richardson's hurt. He's yeah. out too. He, like, pulled a hamstring Pulled a hammy, dude. He's gone for at least three weeks, they yeah. said. Reevaluate in three weeks. So it could be – bad it's uh, i hate to say it i mean what's happening is what i've been saying they just don't have enough pieces and their youth is showing you know ben's can continues to do what ben does which is 
Get triple doubles. Yep. It's awesome. Yep. Get triple doubles. Lose games. <laughs> Get, I mean, I'm just saying, like... What more can he do? Uh, show up in the fourth quarter against Toronto. <laughs> instead of literally disappearing. All right, so they're 26 and 19. Is that what I said? They need another piece. 29 and 17. Did I just make up their record? I think I said it wrong. I think you said 27 and 19. 29 and 17. So I'm also dyslexic, is what we're learning today. I mean, dude, he's been very good for three quarters of those games. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said to you yesterday, I like Ben. He's a great, he's, he's a great player. The, the, the Sixers need another piece. I've never disagreed with yeah, that. I know. So related, but I, I I saw I don't know where I saw I saw like a chart of shot locations. Did you, you know what I'm talking about? No. Like where shots are taken yeah. today versus like 25 years ago. Yeah. And it's crazy. They're all at the three point arc or right on right at the hoop. Right. Nothing in between. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in in the past it was just all over the court. Yeah. It's funny. So the mid-range is like, that is the worst shot in basketball. Why? Because it's it doesn't get you points, as many points as a three does, and it's not as easy as a layup is. That's why the game has evolved to this run-and-gun, like, just outpace people and hope you make more threes than they make twos. So that's not a good thing, is it? I love it. <laughs> I love it. Score 150 points every night, please. It's like UNLV back in the day. The humans are bigger. Like, they can stand at the three-point line and take two steps and take a, and make a layup. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. yeah, why would you? You're either going to shoot a three or you're going to drive the lane. But it's just, from, like, a Sixers standpoint, they're the only or one of the few teams in the league who are still trying to play that, like, back-to-the-basket big man inside game because you have arguably the best center in the league. Who is also a threat from like beyond, but they are just, they're the anomaly right now because everybody else is playing that way. They're shooting threes and they're just running people. Is it time for like a major change to the, the court because of all the, because of this, right? I mean, is, is a 10 foot basket like kind of, I don't I mean, know that I mean, that, that would probably be the never happen. But yeah. The game has changed so much more than any other, probably any other sport. Yeah. I, I wonder sometimes if it'll be like um, more about like the paint and expanding like what is inside the paint. So you have more incentive to either be there or me- more reason not to be. Because if not, the game's going to continue. I mean, Trey Young is shooting balls from like the logos on a regular yeah. basis. Like Steph Curry has changed the way basketball is being played. A lot of people give credit to Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash and Amari Sodemeyer, which like was, they walked so Steph could run. <laughs> and it, I love it. I mean, I think from an entertainment standpoint, it is so fun to watch. I think it's also like, it's limiting when you look at the college game because it's really hard to watch college players and see how they're going to translate because they're two completely different mm. games. Steph Curry makes shots from the hallway going back to the mm-hmm. locker room on like a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Do we have any any commentary on uh, the Eagles ex-coach coming back for the uh, Super Bowl? Oh, Andy? Yeah. I guess I'm kind of rooting for him. Yeah, I am too. I think really? he, I, yeah, because he, You're not? he seems like he's a good dude, right? And you want him to... 
It'd be nice for him to get a, 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 a win, right? I guess so. I don't know if I'm necessarily rooting for him. Like I, I, I'm kind of indifferent. If he wins, I'm like, cool. I mean, if they were playing the Cowboys, you'd be rooting Absolutely. for him. Absolutely. Right. right. What's funny is if the Eagles haven't won a Super Bowl, if they didn't win in 2017, no one would be rooting for Andy Reid yeah. in, this, in this town. Totally yeah, fair. I think that's so, right. Yeah. So a complete irrelevant fact that the Eagles have already won one determines your opinion on whether you want Andy to, to win or, or lose. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. It makes so much sense for Philadelphia. Right. <laughs> Coach's Corner. So um, the title of this article is 401Ks Have Reached Their Expiration Date. It was written by John Reichenthaler. Reichenthaler, yeah. Nice. From Morningstar. Uh, John's three-part series takes a look at the current structure of 401Ks and suggests a new approach, which he, which he refers to as a new retirement plan. Uh, John's biggest critiques of the 401ks are that not all companies offer them and also the rate from which people withdraw assets before retirement. Uh, there was a lot to cover in here. Yeah. Um, where do we want to start? Do what I, I found pretty alarming in the article is how no one gives a shit about penalties. Uh-huh. How many people, the percentage of people t- take money out of their 401ks for loans, for just a withdrawal, they pay a they're pre fifty nine and a half, so they pay a ten percent penalty in tax. Well, that was kind of his issue, right? He just said there aren't enough like significant deterrents to keep people yeah. from doing it. Yeah, so I don't know. It was eight percent of people do yeah. that, and the problem is you can't identify how much of that is hardship related versus somebody taking money out to buy a boat or a timeshare. Um, his main so there's so much to say about this, but his main thing was that, that there's not enough of a deterrent. His, 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 his recommendation is that you should not be able to take it out except for like, you know, extreme circumstances. Like you're dying. Yeah. And then his other thing was, you know, why in the world are companies in the business of sponsoring and administrating, um, Retirement plans, mm-hmm. like let them just get back to the business of running their business and have a, a single national plan. Mm-hmm. There's just so many issues to that. I mean, I, I guess I'm on board with that. Like, why are the companies that there's five, six, you know, there's, there's thousands of plans that are all that are all required to be sponsored by the company who are all doing the same thing. They're, they're doing the, the testing and they're doing all the diligence and they're all arriving at the same conclusions and his, his point is why like let 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 there just be one because the answers are all the same um i i his his when he started talking about the requirement that everybody contribute like forced saving um and i think i think the stat was something like 30 percent of private sector employees do not have access to a 401k or to a, a company mm-hmm. yep. retirement plan and his point is that's problematic. Those people should all be like automatically enrolled in, in, in this national plan. I think there's, while that sounds nice, I think there's a lot of problems with that. For example, if you're like um, a rank and file worker who works, for, you know, gets an hourly wage at McDonald's or somewhere, I don't know, I'm just using an example, and you don't, contribute to a 401k plan and let's say you make 30 grand a year and his point is 
I think that like let's let's just use five percent. Five percent should be withheld from that person's paycheck and and automatically goes into a four hundred one k. I think like while that sounds great because you're forcing somebody to like save for retirement, I think the consequences are like you know maybe the reverse. Like for example, that fifteen hundred bucks a year is currently being spent by that worker, right? Mm-hmm. And it's maybe being spent on lottery tickets and booze and stuff like that. Uh, that's going to continue to be spent. So while that 1500 gets withheld and they never see it in their paycheck, they're still going to spend that money and they're probably going to be going into further debt to do it. So they're going to pay 21% credit card interest on that same, on the same funds. And it's not going to earn anywhere near that in the retirement account and people could end up being worse off. That's my take on the forced savings issue. Like this whole thing where everybody Everyone's should be automatically. automatically contributing to a retirement plan, whether they want to or not. I don't know if I buy that. So I'm throwing that out there to the panel. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. There just needs to be more education in it. I mean, to, to just automatically enroll someone to take their money that, that I mean, they could be using it for diapers. It doesn't have to be lottery tickets and booze. I agree, but but whatever it's being I'm used saying, for, these people if they are can't living, afford, pay, they can't know. currently afford to yeah. defer any money at all. They're not doing it. They're not not doing it because they don't have access to a retirement plan. Yeah, I think they're not doing because they can't afford to. They're, it's paycheck to paycheck, and if you're going to withhold more, like they're already getting, you know, they're paying into Social Security. And then you're going to say, okay, let's take another five percent out and put it into some like 401k account that this this, this person knows is like far into the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might amount to something that that's not that doesn't fly with most people. They don't think that way, yeah. and they may need it. And you just locked it into something yeah. that they can't, and they can't access. Or they're it. going to be penalized pretty significantly to to take it. Yeah, um, and then the other issue with like magically converting the thousands upon thousands of company sponsored plans into one is who's running the money. There's huge winners and losers in that transition. Um, it blows up a lot, pretty much the record keeping in the 401k business. And there's tons of um, asset managers that, and I think it creates a lot of potential for like abuse and, and conflicts and, you know, incentives to, to be the, like what funds are available? Who's 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 running yeah. them? The government, Oof. you know. So, while I kind of agree with his point, which is that that the four hundred one k structure is kind of stupid. It, it evolved out of a, a loophole in the tax law, and why is it why is it so? Why is it on the companies to offer it? I don't know. The solution's that easy. No, like I said earlier, I think if you can just educate people, you don't have to like ask them for a balance sheet and a budget and say, okay, you, you, you can qualify for automatic enrollment because we think you can afford it. But just giving people a little bit of education, a little bit of framework to say, we offer this, we match, you should definitely do up to the match. Um, do a little bit of planning on your own to determine whether you can contribute or you can afford to contribute to the 401k. And what that means, you, just, you gotta give them more information and, they, and then it's on them. They can decide to take that information and apply it and put some thought behind making contributions or they can choose to ignore it. And that's up to them. I feel like that piece of it is the biggest benefit or could be the biggest benefit to one plan. Because to me, that education component, like whose shoulders does that fall on? Whose responsibility is it to educate 
these employers. Like in our case, not we're in a financial, you know, planning world, but what if we weren't and we're a small firm where the 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 corporate structure is not the same as a Fortune 500 company. There isn't one person whose role is specifically delegated to be like hunt down every employee and alert them of their 401k opportunities. Like, so to me, the advantage of one system is that there's probably resources to execute that. Now I just think it's really hard in a lot of the private sector companies that don't have the plans to begin with to devote one person to like that role. It doesn't have to be on the company. It should be on paychecks. It should be on ADP. It should should be on these companies that are making a lot of money hosting and administering those 401k plans they should be providing that information but what type of yeah. but the, but who's the, right now the the entity that's paying for it is the company that's why they don't offer them because that costs money to do and and so if you're a um you know a dental practice and you don't have a 401k for your employees you know no i'm, say, a, I'm saying the 401ks that are that are established now not the companies the companies that have them those people that run those four those companies that run those four hundred one ks should be providing the education. But we've engaged with those companies oh, before. Like why? They're brutal. I can't imagine that being any more helpful. And that's his point, kind of, is yeah. why are we putting it on the business to be yeah. in the business of of educating yeah. on financial stuff? That should be. I, I think it could be done way more efficiently if it was one plan, and yeah. then the the people in our business, the financial professionals, yeah. would then have a probably an easier path to go and because it's not because you're not getting the company involved at any level at that point so that makes sense to me mm-hmm. and the people that really could benefit and and could benefit from time you know you the, the, the person you described the rank and file making 30 grand they're younger um, they can benefit immensely by knowing how much they can contribute to a 401k and getting that started in their 20s because time's on their side but it's it's not a priority, man. You know they're Mm-mm. they're they're going out to the bars, they're meeting people, they're getting married, they're having babies. Like it's just it's just the way it is. It's not gonna. Well, it's the first time they've ever made any money. Yeah. It's the first time they've ever gotten a biweekly paycheck. The idea of putting it, putting some of it to into an account that they can't touch for thirty five years, forty years. Yeah, it doesn't resonate with anybody. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Do we okay. have, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can keep, keep I, yeah. I think we can talk about other aspects of this forever. But anyway, it's an interesting, I think an interesting subject that um, does not have an easy solution. The secretive company that might end privacy as we know it. Kashmir Hill from the New York Times uh, wrote an article about Clearview AI. Uh, Clearview devised a facial recognition software that allows you to take a picture of a person, upload it, and access public photos of that person with links to where those photos appeared. While access to the software has mostly been used by law enforcement agencies, um, Kashmir goes on to describe his experience, I guess, interviewing these different agencies and trying to um, get an understanding of how this software <laughs> works and what it means for like us as just innocent bystanders who's got beef with this technology anybody yeah i could i could i Do definitely you? could i mean the, i think there was three billion images that are in their database it's yeah. way more than anybody else has well and, did you see that stat that chart in the article yeah and, and 
And so what, what I couldn't wrap my head around was how's, how it works. You can, yeah. you can have a picture of you with like sunglasses on and a hat and it'll still identify you. It's, it's kind of like, how, how is that possible? Number one. And obviously it is at well, least to some degree. It's, it, it can, it's not perfect. No, I mean, but there's, it there's, works. They're <laughs> scraping images off of every social media site and every anywhere that your photo. Well, is. this dude that, that wrote the article put himself through it, and he like images came up that he doesn't even remember a picture being taken. He was in a picture that he was not has no recollection of being in. So, and we're all in that boat. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a beef. It it clearly would be problematic. Yes, it may solve crimes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I think the the downside of it is so huge that it's got to be concerning to anyone that this is out there. And by the way, I think like they can ban it, they can do whatever they want, but the technology exists. It's going to improve, and someone else is going to build it if these guys don't do it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. look, it makes it easier for you to stalk someone. Mm-hmm. It gives you more people to stalk if you're a crazy person. Mm-hmm. But you're going to stalk people anyway. I'd like to. I'd like to know that if I get attacked by someone, they have the ability to find out who did it. It's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, like, but you can't stop it. Anonymity is extinct. It's gone. It's yeah. gone. Like you can't yeah. walk down a street anonymous at all, even if you want to. Get over it, man. You can't punch someone in the face at the bar. Well, and, I'm not and, talking and, about that. No, I'm just saying, like you, what if you do something wrong, you're going to get caught in today's. It's Minority world. Report. Yeah, it, it is. And, and and don't do anything wrong. If you want to do something wrong, you want to be weird, go be weird inside the walls of your house. Because <laughs> if you do it outside, someone's going to take a picture. Everyone has a phone in their pocket. Everyone. Like, what's the... So so these people take that information and they, they store it. Look, I know that it could, it could lead to, to software and technology that is going to be damaging to people. But it's also going to say... It's just... How is this conversation different than the gun law conversation? All right, take the guns away. Well, then only the bad people are going to have guns. All right, so everybody has guns. Like, how is it any different than that conversation? I, I think it's, to me that the danger is not that. I think it's the way that it will be used by weirdos is problematic. But they're still going to, you're not going to, the weirdos are still going to be weirdos. But this is like put, arming them with like the easiest way to like the stalking things a real thing. There's a lot of freaking weird stalkers out there. I think that would that would like go to town with this technology. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I kind of am, am indifferent. Like I I feel like so many people voluntarily put their shit out there that like why are we now upset that there's a database collecting all of it like the amount of people who put things on facebook on twitter on instagram i mean social media specifically we're not even talking about your blog or your i don't know your your video series on youtube like they do that voluntarily so now people are collecting it and storing it Uh, Okay. Yeah, but so much of this is the involved. Like the one example was um, some guy got busted for a, a crime because they found a picture, a selfie at a gym, and the dude's face was in the mirror. Like he wasn't taking a picture. It was somebody else taking a picture of himself, 
and this guy was like in the mirror. And they caught yeah, him. Yeah, but I and think then they it's, caught him. it's awesome. That's, but that's okay. just a function of the, the society we live in. You can't walk anywhere without other people taking pictures. I was in LA like two weeks ago and we were in Hollywood and I was like, I was just in 1500 pictures just being in a background. And I, yeah, it wasn't voluntary, but like I'm in Hollywood. I don't know. I guess I just feel like everything you're doing, you're subjecting yourself to that. And if you don't want to, yeah, like every live mall in your parking lot, you're don't. on. You're, like every day, you're probably on. In how many pictures a day right. do you think you're in every day? Like a lot, constantly, a lot. And I just I don't know why this the 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 collection of it changes any of what we've been doing forever, however many years. I just think the connection to a random stranger you literally will be able to you know their address you know what they who they know what they do everything about them because it's all like you said it's out there yeah. or it will it will be and i, mean, I just I, think it's, it's a it, i don't know it I mean, just makes it easier but that that information is there now man you can you can take someone you can watch that person get in their car get their license plate number and i'm sure you can find out all the information you want to about them i don't know how but i'm sure you can pay <laughs> some some yeah. system online to get all that information. And yeah. I agree with you 100%, Meg. Like, nine people out of ten put their entire lives on Facebook and Instagram. And you feel and you think because um, you're a private account that someone can't get... Right. Like, give me a freaking break, right. man. Everyone can see all of your shit. Yeah. So, to, like, you're, I love it because, like, I don't do anything wrong. So, I don't... <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Not outside the walls of your but own But, like, home. yeah, I mean, if it, if it saves people's lives or catches people doing something they shouldn't be doing i know that's that deemed by me or, or some other authority but if it's, you're doing something illegal you murder someone and we can stop it and we can i am all for it man i'm all for it because I, I don't i don't think i think the, the positives outweigh the negatives i think there's gonna be like a lot of criminal minds like wooded area dead bodies found now yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> what I think I think you said it earlier. Like this, this if the if 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 Clearview AI doesn't do it, someone else is going to do it. And if it's not a company, a government's going to do it. It's like, how do we know the government's not already doing they, it? And I'm not some big conspiracy theorist, no, but but you know, GPS. The government started GPS, and it was like this technology that only they had. Now it's like in everyone's pocket. I mean, this is going to be in everyone's pocket. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I wouldn't say I think it's cool, but I don't care. Yeah, I hear you. I'm not going to fight it. All right, anything else in there we want to talk about? No, I'm good. We're good. There is no middle on political polarization and confirmation bias. Ramp Capital um, wrote a blog post that um, really just talks about the lack of political middle ground. Um anymore he discusses the country's increased political polarization which can partially be attributed to trump but um as he indicated i think he referenced a research study like began or started way before him um ramp suggests that confirmation bias which occurs when people would like a certain idea or concept to be true they end up believing it is is a big part of this divisiveness um, he took to twitter to test his theory I'll describe the Twitter poll real quick because the article wasn't that long. Ramp, do you guys follow him on Twitter? I don't. I do. He's pretty funny, but he's like very pro-Trump, I would say. But I think it's mostly like tongue-in-cheek. It's joking, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so Ivan the K, who is a Twitter account I don't follow, 
um, but apparently has a pretty significant um, disdain for Trump. Tweeted, based on what you know so far, which of the following best descri- describes your reaction to President Trump's decision to assassinate the Iran general? Um, Ivan the K's followers, 48% indicated it was unfavorable. This is a Twitter poll. Uh, Ramp tweeted the same thing word for word, and 43% of his followers indicated it was favorable. Um, so I guess the point he's trying to make is that, again, we tend to follow and consume information from people that we believe have similar opinions to us. So is his point with that, like Ivan the K then makes a statement that, I t- you know, we did a poll and the majority of Americans thought that that act was unfavorable. Was that his point? I think his point like is no that... source? No, I think his point is that we live in two very different camps. Yeah. And that the people who follow Ivan the K believe or feel the same way about their political lean sure. that he does. And that's why they follow him. Ivan the K and Ramp probably don't have a ton of crossover right. in, in their followers. I mean, we agree. Like, it feels like politically we've, like, never been more divided, right? <laughs> I, I just, I'm not very political. I mean, okay. I know that it's very divided now. Mm-hmm. I, I can't speak to what was the Democratic and Republican sentiment in 1940 like how well, i'm guessing your lifetime or in your like awareness does it feel different I, yeah but i would i would say just because there's you know the advent of technology and and you can get people's opinions so quickly and so easily and it's all over and there's twitter polls now and there's instagram posts and there's facebook and there's 1700 news channels so i mean that's the only reason and i think that's why it's more divided because right. way more people have the ability to interact with like-minded people. And that's just it just shows you how stupid people are. Like no one is self-aware enough to say it's like like the, the the girl's pissed off at her boyfriend, so she calls all of her best friends to explain the situation. Well, she does that because she knows all of her best friends are going to say, "Yeah, he's an asshole." Yikes. Well, I mean, that's just the way that's the way humans work. Right. No one says, "I'm going to pick up the phone and like Try to get the opinion of someone who is completely unbiased to 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 see where I stand in this. Well, that would be weird to call a complete stranger about your Doesn't boyfriend to girlfriend show. Now you're getting back to your fun fact because that's also a sign of, in, I think, intelligent. intellect where yeah. you seek out, you actively seek out the opposite point of view, strictly for the purpose of maybe informing your point of view better or differently. Most people don't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that politically is the the subject area where people do it least. Mm-hmm. Uh, agreed. Agreed. I mean, I, I personal example. Um, you know, I have my I have a, a daughter when I graduate college, so her mom and I never get married. Horrible relationship between my uh, myself and her mom. So my family hates my daughter's mom, like, and always did. They all hated each other. When shit would happen and there would be an issue, I wouldn't ask my family for opinions on this other girl because I knew their opinion. I mean, the, wo- the woman couldn't do anything right. So I'd have to try to find people that would give me an honest opinion. Mm-hmm. No one does that, man. And then, and then they let those opinions influence. They let other people's opinion, right? If you're a Republican and I'm a Democrat, I like immediately hate you because you're a Republican and I'm a Democrat. 
Uh, what's her? What was? Who was it? The girl from? Uh, they quoted the the. Um, Ellen. Ellen. Mm-hmm. I mean, she made a great comment in that article. Just because I don't agree with someone on everything doesn't mean that I'm going to. I'm not going to be friends with them. When I say be kind to one another, I don't only mean the people that think the same way that you do. I mean, be kind to everyone. Like people just don't. Well, the Vince Vaughn thing was in the article, right? Mm-hmm. That was what she was commenting. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. People, people see a clip of Vince Vaughn sitting next to Trump and shaking his hand or whatever it was, and they go ballistic. Mm-hmm. They get boycotting his movies and all this other stuff, whatever they're doing. I, I don't know. Dude, Vince Vaughn was probably like, holy shit, I'm sitting next to the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, whoever. I'm going to shake their hand at the president of the United States. Like, How often do you get to sit next to the president of the United States? Never. I mean, no. th- this poll and everything was just a, a you know, I thought not was, surprising to yeah. see the, yes. the outcome, and it just underscores exactly what what's going on. Moving on, Mercedes Benz starts subscription pilot. So Gabrielle Coppola from Bloomberg writes about uh, Mercedes Benz, who is getting into the subscription game by offering subscribers subscribers access to thirty different models. Um, and the ability to swap cars as often as they would like. The service has three pricing tiers, um, and the monthly price covers insurance, vehicle maintenance, and 24-hour roadside assistance. The entry plan for the for the Mercedes one was like fifteen hundred a month or something. It was a thousand. It was a thousand a month. They say it ranged from one thousand ninety-five dollars to twenty nine ninety five. Okay, whatever it was. I went on their website and it was fifteen hundred because I looked okay. at actually oh. the cars that you have to choose from. Yeah. Um so here here's how I, I'm I'm actually really intrigued by it because if you think about and I'll just use an example. If you think about like a forty five thousand dollar car that you 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 buy and let's say that it's a five year, you know, useful life. That car depreciates over five years to I'm going to just say zero to keep the to keep it simple. So you're you're basically paying nine grand a year in depreciation, or or that's your car payment. However you look at it, that's your cost of being in that car for per year. Then you add insurance and you add maintenance, um, and 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 that comes out to probably close to like 15, 12 grand, fifteen grand a year, right? Yeah. Okay. Alternatively. You just roll in here and you pay fifth. I'm, I'm using fifteen hundred a yeah. month, and insurance is so insurance is part of that. Mm-hmm. Maintenance is part of that, and you have the upside of being able to swap out anytime you want. And you're going to be in a new car all the time, so the maintenance is not going to be anything more than routine. You're not going to need to put new t- buy new tires or any of that. I think it's a potentially like awesome alternative to. Buying a car or leasing a car, and by the way, the you mentioned unlimited, unlimited mileage. mileage. You don't get yeah. banged for for driving a lot. I think it's like I want to look into it. We're <laughs> sure that there's not an additional cost to the car, right? No, there's not. It's that you pay like five hundred bucks to sign up a one time, like and it, you know Act, to get the activation app. fee, which I want to punch them in the face when they. Call and there's them. no there's no obligation. You can cancel at any time. You just have to pay month to month. Are they? Is Mercedes paying you? <laughs> No, yeah, this sounds here? like a sponsor. That's because I, I read the article and I went on the website and I looked at the details. Full full disclosure, Mike has the worst luck with cars. <laughs> I've never That's why him. I did a little bit of math. I'm like, how much am I paying a year to be in a car? Um, you know, and and these are nice. Obviously, these are 
fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar cars. And yeah, I think it's. I think it could be a game changer if one of the car companies gets it right, where it's profitable for them, so they keep it, and it's profitable for the, and it's attractive for the consumer. Because when I first saw, I'm like, eleven, twelve hundred bucks a month. Like, I would never pay that for a car. But then when I was reading, I'm like, and if, maintenance. If you think about what you're actually paying for annually for your car, maintenance, insurance, depreciation, I'll call it, because that's what you're doing. You're you're borrowing money and, and interest, whatever. If you're doing that. To, to buy an asset that goes to zero. That's always a bad deal. And I've looked at leasing, and the thing that always kills me is that the mileage Your limitation mileage. just is, is, is too limiting. So I, so I, never, so I don't lease. Just, just the relief of not having to worry about if I'm getting screwed by the mechanic is yeah, worth it true. to me. It's totally worth it to me. And I don't need a Mercedes. Like Camry... Well, Come out like Toyota Camry. Come out with this. If it's if it's seven hundred bucks a month for a Toyota Camry, you don't have and you could swap it out with another Toyota whenever you want. No maintenance, no insurance, dude. I'm in. I'm absolutely in. I don't need a Mercedes. Price it down for someone right. who doesn't want. So I think BMW does it as well. And then you know the the three thousand dollar Mercedes plan. Like those cars are like the hundred plus thousand version. The the, the, the nice. Cool. I mean, and, and and I'm sure there's people that. Yeah, I wouldn't well, do that. There's a market for that, right? Yeah, there's absolutely right. a market for that. I think it's. I think it, if they can get it right, it will be a game changer for car ownership. I'm I would th- do it. I'm sug- I'm saying maybe they already got it right with the 1500 plan because it's a it's a, a nice car, options SUV sedan whatever nice car, and if you just do the math, maybe it costs you a little more annually, but you're able to swap it out. Which and is a benefit like for, for a lot of people. Yeah. When they said maintenance-free, that's where I want I want the details. Do I have to put tires on? Do I have to put brakes on? Do I have to pay for oil changes? There's, these are all new cars. Like, you wouldn't need to. You'd swap it out before you ever get there. Now, what, what, could it change the, the auto mechanic industry? Uh, meaning, is, is Mercedes incentivized to make sure that they're really only doing maintenance that needs to get done? I mean, could it help... In that area as well. What do you mean? I'm not sure. I was, I'm not sure what I mean. I'm sorry. I was thinking about this when I was driving in today, and I'm like, sometimes they just like do they just do the mechanics just like say you need a, you need a new timing belt when you really don't need a new timing belt. You're, I think, and you probably have reason to be. You're just very cynical. Yeah. About other people generally. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably like influencing you a bit here. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I again, I think it's like interesting enough to look at for me, like thinking about looking into the fine print. Like, does is the insurance like sufficient? Right. Is it right. does it replace my what I would buy on my own, or are they yeah. what I have? All that stuff. But um, I think it's cool. I think it's a great idea. But I do think Jeff, you're right. It does. Like if it becomes widespread and popular, it changes the dynamics of like the whole car industry because because you're really only dealing with like everyone be driving just basically like new cars all the time. What yeah. happens to all the cars as they age? Well, what do they do with them? Everyone's going to do this, so there's going to be the whole market. But to your point, if they get it right, if if Toyota gets yeah. it right, and if like Infinity gets it right, and Honda does it, and it's affordable and it's a good alternative to somebody going to a dealer and buying a, a car that's three years old and putting on a five-year car payment plan and doing it the way we do it now. There's always going to be a market for it, man. Just like, you know, health insurance, right? I can get a plan that has a high deductible 
hey, I'll pay for it if I need it. There's people that are going to want to buy the car and say, if I need maintenance, I'll, 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 yeah. I'll take that. Rather than pay monthly for maintenance I may need and may not need, I'll pay for it as I need it. I think that maybe what this does is it kills the lease business, the lease model. Hopefully. Because I think the math is really close or, or if not, like even better. Yeah. Because um, at least you're locking cool. in for three years. You have to come up with the cash at, at, at closing and then the mileage thing. And then when you're all said and done, it's probably close to what you, you would pay for this. Now, the article said they started, they tested it in Nashville and Philly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious where in Philly they tested it. Oh, you go on the website, man. Go on the website. How come you didn't get a notification? (laughs) Well, they talked about Nashville testing there because of it being a younger, kind of like up and like more popular area. So you'll get a kick out of this. If I can recall the story correctly, I was telling my wife, Melissa, about it this morning. Her initial question was, do you have to go and get the car when you swap it? Nope. Concierge service delivers it. It delivers it it to you? Yeah. But my response to her was like, Seriously, that's your only question. <laughs> like, do you like? There's a Mercedes dealership within five miles of everyone. Like, that's your concern if you have to drive to the dealership to come pick it up. But, but think about the other thing again. Not to beat the, the horse here, but like, if you get a sedan because you're just you drive around in the car and that's that's what you do, and then you're going away for the weekend and you yeah. need the SUV, you just go on the app and it's they deliver cool. it and you use That's that for appealing, the weekend. Yeah. Or how about you can get a car and you can drive it for like six months and then go, you know what? I really do like this car. I don't really care to swap. And if there's an option where I can buy it and it's cheaper, you can do it. Oh, you can? No, I'm saying like if, oh. if, like if that's an if that's yeah. an alternative, like that'd be yeah. great. Just like you can lease to buy. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you be able to say, yep, I like it. I don't need the su- subscription plan anymore. I want to buy this one. I think I think it's super cool. I'm with you. Scrape my face off of every screen on <laughs> online. Give me a new car every week if I want it. I think it's awesome that people, smart people are out there thinking of this shit and just flipping industries on their head. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I can't get enough of it, man. Yeah. All right. Okay. Top cool. five. So top five rivalries. Yeah. With no... Like, no specific genre category. Who wants to go first? I'll say, I don't know if I'll go first, but I do want to say, if you, there's a lot of rivalries that you can think of, right? But I think for me, a rivalry can't be like hero versus villain or like good guy versus bad guy. A rivalry is two people trying to achieve the same goal and competing against each other. So like like a yeah. sports a sports rivalry that's... is obvious. Yeah. But like so I stayed away from any superhero crap or Star Wars or any of the stuff where there's like a you know a villain trying to like destroy the world and a and a good guy trying to stop him. Or like John McCain and Die Hard trying to stop Hans Gruber Gruber or whatever. Like that's not a rivalry to that's me. That's a feud. Yeah, but it That's doesn't define. So, no, so I, that I eliminated all those yeah. examples. I'm just going to say that. So why don't you get us started? I'll start. <laughs> um, and I also tried to go across. I, I tried to, Meg, to your point, genre. find different mm-hmm. genres. And mm-hmm. I don't have an order because they're also all over the map. So I, I, don't just, think, I don't think there's going to be any overlap with that. Okay. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is Carl Icahn versus Bill Ackman. 
I've never heard of either one of those guys. So Jesus Christ, Carl Icahn is no. This is a business rivalry. They right. both. So Bill Ackman is, and they're both egotistical d-bags. Okay, and they're both like way public with their hatred of one another, and they were on the opposite sides of Herbalife. Herbalife was that yeah. company that. So Bill Ackman was like short the stock. He thought it was a complete Ponzi, and he was public about how it's all fake and it's going to zero. And he bet a huge amount of money in his hedge fund on that happening. Icon was on the other side. He owned the stock, loved the company, and they just publicly just bashed each other for a <laughs> long time in the press about how idiot, like what an idiot the other guy was, and stuff like that. Herbalife's still a company. I mean, they're still. But I think Ackman eventually like got out of it, and and he 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 lost. Okay, because <laughs> um, it didn't go to zero. Gotcha. Um, and it was just entertaining to watch these two. Like pompous, yeah, a holes, just like <laughs> you know, be public about that. Yeah, so yeah. I, that that was enjoyable to me. <laughs> I'm gonna. T- I have one sports. Well, no, I have, actually I have one team oriented one. This is uh, the Detroit Red Wings, Colorado Avalanche in the late '90s and early 2000s. They met in the playoffs like multiple times. They were just it was all out war brawls okay. on the ice. It was just. Like just YouTube the the, the highlights. Red Wings Avalanche. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, but it's Claude Lemieux and like all like it was just awesome. That's that's one of my favorite. Like so because like the the sports rivalries are hard because they fade away and they don't exist like forever. Like don't tell me that like you know uh, Notre Dame and uh, whoever is is like some. <laughs> ongoing like rivalry that matters nobody cares or like auburn and alabama like every sec school rivalry right, is right. what it is and that's just that's well, eh, let's not see that if any of those like no one had any of those, on those lists <laughs> so so the sports ones are hard like yankees red Sox. come on it's baseball that you can't even have a rivalry in baseball <laughs> That's right? a pretty. That's a pretty big rivalry. Man. That one, I would argue, has stood the test. Yeah, of time. It really but it's has. baseball. Right, we you... hate baseball too, right. Mike. <laughs> so that, anyway, that was my justifying with paragraphs <laughs> each of his top fives. I got another. My, my Those next weren't one. even on his list. My, <laughs> yeah, my next one: Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. Ooh, that's oh, a good one. that's a good one. Getting a dude involved to lead yeah. pipe somebody in the yeah. knee. Yeah, it's, it's Mike. That's like, a good one. That's yeah, a good one. That makes it. And then I got another one, which is Meg. You won't even know this one, but. Jimmy Connors and Bjorn Borg. Oh, that's tennis. Going right? at it in the yeah. in the like, and you had like, because Connors was like the bad guy, dick, like yelling at yeah. the at the official, and Borg was this like Swedish like nice guy, and that was just that was cool. Didn't they make a movie out of uh, like a tennis match where a, think a they, girl played a guy? Oh, oh, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, there was there was there was this, he was a really pompous guy, tennis player. And he, but I don't think he was pro. And he said he could beat this female pro tennis player. They made a movie about it. It was actually pretty good. Anyway, sorry. Do you remember what it's called? No. <laughs> I'm sure if you Google tennis movie where girl beats guy, <laughs> you'll probably right find it. All right. My final one is Letterman versus Leno. Ooh, that's the a good one. The late night wars yeah. back when they hate each other and yeah. they're both like trying to be the number one and they couldn't stand one another. Probably still don't. Um, it's so different now because these guys Fallon and, and they're all just nice guys yeah. and they're all friends and there's no like rivalry anymore. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's that's my list. That was a good one, Mike. Yeah, good list. Good job. Um, you want me to go? Sure. So I did 
Eagles, Cowboys. And I think that's mostly just because I'm a homer. And I was thinking about sports. And I kind of agree that, like, generally, like, standing the test of time is hard. But Mm -hmm. that, to me, has and probably always will. Okay. Um, This is a little more of a recent one. Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's. Ooh. There's a lot of uh, hoopla over. (laughs) (laughs) Hoopla? What are you, 90? Over the best chicken sandwich. Yeah. And I mostly just enjoy it for like Twitter because it is so comical. Have you ever had Popeyes? I haven't. I have not either. I don't think I have either. So I can't speak to it. That's a good one, though. I can't have the the sides. I believe it's better than Chick fil A, though. Chick fil A is so good. So I didn't do superheroes, but I just put DC and Marvel. Because I just feel like generally it's a shit show. I don't even subscribe to one or the other. But there's a new multi-million dollar production coming out, like what feels like every day, every six months or whatever. No, but that's so. good because people, they either take Marvel yeah. or they take the, like, and, they, and they, they get, they're pretty strong about their feelings there. Yeah. My next two are fictional. <laughs> um, Jim and Dwight from The Office. I, I thought of that one. Okay. That's good. And then the last one is Pawnee and Eagleton from Parks and Rec. I don't know that one. So Pawnee is the town that Parks and Rec is set in, and Eagleton is like the neighboring town. Okay, and yeah. all they talk that's, about that's is funny. like how that's bad good. Eagleton is, how stupid Eagleton is, and it's just yeah. it's such hysterical. a good storyline from that show. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's a good one. So I have a like a list of ten that yeah, I, I eliminate down to um, five. Um, my fifth, so I'll go from bottom up, was um, Cowboys versus Indians, like like Cowboys and Indians. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, talk about standing the test of time. Um, but has it stood the test of aren't there time? Are they still fighting? The they still <laughs> are. They hate each other. Was... Do cowboys still exist? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah, cowboys. They have cattle ranches and yeah. They're not fighting Indians. <laughs> um, number four for me was mattress firm and mattress giant. And I don't even know. You might be able to throw mattress factory into that too. <laughs> But Mattress like Firm that. ended up actually purchasing Mattress Giant. So the so rivalry, rivalry has been ended. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three for me is Tupac and Biggie. Okay. I mean, it ended in both of their deaths. Yeah, that's like Like a ultimate. pretty hardcore rivalry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number two is Geno's and Pat's. That's oh. a good one. Yeah. They and, both suck. Yeah, I'm not crazy about either. If I had to choose, I'd go Pat's. But... Um, and then number one for me is Frazier Ali. I had them on my list. I they probably would have been they would have been my top ten, but they didn't make. They fun. had three fights. They were all epic. Yeah. Uh, one of the best rivalries of all time. Yeah, <laughs> good ones. All right, cool. Good job, guys. Thanks. Till next week. <laughs>